Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life in Sport podcast. And we're joined by an absolutely ripper guest. You guys may, who follow rugby league, may have remember him from back in his days at the Wars or the Panthers or the Tigers or anyone over in England may remember him from his time at Salford, Featherston, and recently with Oldham. His name's Elijah Taylor. Thank you for joining me today, your time, tonight, my time. And how has your weekend just gone? Yeah, weekend was good. We played yesterday. We got knocked out of the Challenge Cup. We played oh. um, Swindon. And, oh, Swindon Town, yeah, was it? That was in, in Manchester. Okay. Um, yeah, so they had a good team, Swinton, but... Uh, yeah, I did my hemi, so I missed half the game, so I'm pretty disappointed oh, so, with it. So I was like in the first half when you did it too? Uh, at the end of the first half, yeah. Oh. yeah. So I've done, I've done my hemis before. And um, yeah, it's really, it's just a frustrating injury because you just don't know when it's right again. And it's yeah, like, okay. it's a, it's a gauge uh, injury. So but other than that, bro, it's all right. That's good. Well, how, how was the preseason then leading, like um, this, you know, summer our time went to your time over there it's a lot different it's a yep. lot different than i'm used to uh in new zealand or in australia in pre-season you're putting on sunscreen <laughs> all the time yeah whereas you're you put on puffer jackets over there sort of thing putting on scarves to train putting on scarves and masks yeah those yeah yeah the little look. the things that people wear to go fishing yeah. here you wear to protect yeah. your nose and stuff over there yeah. you wear that you wear hoodies when you're training Jeez. It's, it's a different world. Like we trained in snow. Like wow. it's just like, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, like you got to deal with like sometimes your field freezing. So your when it's frozen, your field will turn into concrete. So it's, you knock on it, it just feels like concrete. So you can't train. Or, I mean, um, you'd want to hope it's not it's, frozen on game day, <laughs> bro. Or <laughs> um, well, there's there's a lot of games over here that get postponed because oh because uh, of that. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, a big reason. Jeez. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of different factors here and different uh, different things you have to contend with. Mm, absolutely, because as you said, it's chalk and cheese with the weather and whatnot. And um, my first question for you in particular about your career, obviously, is uh, careers in sports start, you know, at the very base raw level, you know, six, seven years old, et cetera. So my question is for you is what's your earliest memory of rugby league? Rugby league would be earliest memory would probably be watching the Warriors yep. grand final. Uh, the O2 grand watching, final? The grand final, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember watching that. And my first game of league was in a town called Murewa. Okay. And uh, the final of New Zealand uh, mm-hmm. it was for Karate. And that was, and that was, I was like 16 when I first played a game of league. Because you played Union so, before that, didn't you? Yeah, like, like all young lads in New Zealand. Um, you're all playing union until you get a bit older and you um, discover league. And it's kind of the, the opposite in Australia. You play league until you play union, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and um, yeah, it's, it's definitely in New Zealand. League is very small in rural towns, rural countries. Uh, the the league centre is obviously Auckland. Yeah, uh, and that's where you know that's that's where all the you have to go to to play in a decent competition. To be honest. Okay, and obviously, as you said, your first sort of exposure to playing rugby league wasn't until around 15, 16 years old. But, you know, that's sort of a meteoric rise from, you know, getting your your first game in rugby league at 16 when most people who make it professionally start playing at like age of eight to making it to the NRL. So my next question for you is, you know, throughout that time of when you were no 15, 16, at what point did you realize, you know what, I reckon I'm good enough to have a crack at the NRL sort of thing? 
I don't know. I was always like confident, and about when I was about sixteen, um, when I first went to the Warriors training when, and development, and we had a lot of players from different schools um, that went there and trained on a Monday night and a Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah, just rubbing shoulders with with some first grade lads when I was young, kind yep. of gave me that encouragement. Um, yeah, and, and that yeah, confidence maybe, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. When Simon played, I, I trained with Simon and Jerome and and Manu and that. All these um, names, just goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it gives you that confidence when you're a young fella. Yeah. Um, but we had a really really good culture there at the Warriors, which was so important. Absolutely. Like there were no, um, we didn't have a big punting culture. Uh, like some Aussie clubs were a massive punting. <laughs> there are definitely huge. some clubs that have that, absolutely. Yeah, and, and we had the leaders there too, bro. We had like Steve Price, Ruben Wiki, Lance Hire, Simon, Michael Luck, just, you know, hardworking lads, good lads. And it just rubbed off on all of us young fellas, eh? Yeah. Now, that, that's really awesome to hear. And obviously, you ended up making your first grade NRL debut for the Waz, in 2011, um, something that you would have worked very hard towards from when you started as a youngster at 16 years old. What was it like, you know, for the, the week leading up to that game, you know, from when you told, right, Elijah, you're going you're gonna to be playing this week to, you know, playing your first game of professional NRL? Yeah, bro, I can't thank Ivan enough for the opportunity he gave me when I was, when I was young. He, he backed me when I was a young fella. And I remember that office talk. We we lost the first three games of the 2011 season. Yep. And he brought me into the office and he was like, you know, congratulations, you're playing first grade this week. Um, it was more of a relief, to be honest, because I was supposed okay. to make my debut two years earlier. Okay, yep. Um, I did my hammy. <laughs> I, did, I, had some, <laughs> yep. I had some injuries. And, um, but no, it was good to get that backing from my, you know, I've got so much time for him. I, I owe him so much, bro, because he's changed my life. Honestly, yeah. he's changed my life. That's, um, so shout out to That's really but, awesome uh, to hear. Yeah, continue, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah, we, we went on the bus to Topol the next day to play against the Sharks. Um, yeah, a bit, of, a bit of a baptism by fire, bro, because <laughs> Sharks, they had a massive forward pack. Yeah, um, they did. Take it Gallon, Jeremy Smith. Ben Cross, Ben Pomeroy, Timmy, um, the Manor brother, he was there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the, not Timmy Manor, but his brother, yeah. Yeah, brother Anthony Tupo was there as well, bro. They had a massive That's pack. a stacked forward pack. Yeah, definitely. Now that's that's honestly really awesome to hear, and absolutely, Ivan is obviously well nowadays the proof's in the pudding as to he's a genuine, the genuine threat as a coach, let alone as a player. What was it like, obviously, as you another question about that in particular as in uh, um, Ivan Cleary but also the 02 and and 2011 was because 02 was your earliest memory of watching you know rugby league which was the Wars grand final which Ivan played in to then being coached by Ivan was that sort of a pinch me moment for you um uh, it was when i first met him i think we were, okay. we were on a, and Ivan came and talked to us and i just remember thinking man i'm watching him growing up yeah and and yeah, like having dinner next time, like it was crazy because <laughs> we were all young kids, obviously. And he, he comes to do a speech with us for us. Yeah, just really appreciate those little moments. But it was a bit of a penny drop moment when I, um, you know, when I got to finally meet him after watching him on TV. Oh, absolutely. Um, and obviously tangenting into after 
you're relatively you're pretty successful first year of first grade NRL with the Waz. You get a call up to the New Zealand Kiwis again. What was it like getting that call up to you know represent New Zealand? Bro, I couldn't believe it to be honest because um, they'd already named the team, yep. and then two lads pulled out. I think Shawnee pulled out because of his back. Yep. And then I then I got a call up, which I was pretty, very grateful. Shout out to Mooks, Steve Kearney for giving me the the opportunity. I took it for granted a bit, to be honest. I look back because I always thought I was going to make it. I was a bit arrogant with that. Okay. Um, would it be I, arrogant you know, or would it just be overconfident sort of thing, do you reckon? Oh, a bit of both. A bit of okay. both. But uh, you know, I thought it was always going to happen. I thought we were always going to make the grand final. I thought we were always going <laughs> to yep. make the Gotcha. That's not very, like, um, it's ambitious, but it's naive and at the same time. But, <clears throat> yeah, it's... Looking back, bro, I'm just glad I didn't really spend time with the lads. I was a bit too focused, too um, driven. Um, too in the moment sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just wanted to train all the time instead of just hanging out with the with the Kiwi lads. And I should have, in hindsight, bro, I should have got to know them all. Yeah. Because I really realize now, bro, relationships are everything. Absolutely. Like, everything, bro. So, um, yeah, if I could change something, I, I would have done that differently. Okay, well, um, obviously, luckily, you got a few more chances, you could say. You, pl- you ended up playing 17 um, professional matches international for the Kiwis. Um, did you learn from that in that first sort of match, or did you sort of realize that, you know, three or four matches for the Kiwis into it sort of thing? Yeah, I probably realized that in, my, in the last World Cup in 2017 I played with, like just yeah. to make an effort, spend time with the lads, get to know them. Uh, what are they doing away from the field? How are their families? Like, how many kids do they have? Just the just the small things, bro, that I um didn't do on my first camps. So, I really enjoyed my last camp and uh, socialized with the boys a lot more. But, um, yeah, all an all a learning experience. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, because as long as you learn from it, then that's exactly what it is—a learning experience. Um, so after the the Kiwis, sorry, not the Kiwis. After your time at the Waz, I mean, they are Kiwis technically. Um, you end up going across the ditch to Australia and setting camp up in Penrith. What was it like going from one system of, you know, established team to the Penrith Panthers? It was very similar because I obviously went there. Yeah. Was that the reason? He was like, hey, I want you over at the Panthers sort of thing? Yeah. Before he left, we had a conversation uh, on Man Monday, actually. And he was just saying, keen to come over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll be keen. And then I was like, okay, yeah, sweet. And then... Sure enough, it happened, and the system was very similar uh, compared to the Warriors. But in Penrith, bro, you could just see the juniors. Yeah. Oh man, when like Bryce Cartwright was young, Yowie was young. Yeah, All you could boys. see what was what was coming, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fish, Corey Hardawitter, um, Viliami, bro, and I was thinking, I'm not going to be here long because these fellas. <laughs> Bro, these fellas are going to um, come of age and yep. then, you know, they're, they're from the junior system. And Gus always said when he told me this is going to be a development club. Yeah. We okay. just need a, like, to set the standard kind of thing. Um, but, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm content with my time in Penrith. It didn't end the way I wanted to, but um, it's great to see the success they're having um, right now. And Of course. Um, shout out to Ozzy. He, he deserves that success. Uh, 2015, bro, he got ra- he got shafted by that club. He really did. And- Absolutely. For him to go back and um, you know win three comps, 
Like, bro, make history crazy and crazy. That's awesome, man. Well, win three comps and play in, as in win three grand finals and play in four in a row again as well. It's it's absolutely a testament to the um, the person and the coach that he is. And obviously, as you said, um, your time didn't end the ideal way if you'd have had it your way sort of thing at Penrith. But you ended up going to the Tigers who, lo and behold, if I'm not mistaken, Ivan was the coach at at the time. He may not have been. It could have been Madge by that point. But you ended up going to the Tigers. And again, what was it like going from the Panthers system to the Tigers? There was a big difference, bro. It was a big drop. In, um... Oh, wow. Yeah, big drop. Is it like in... facilities sort of thing? Facilities uh, in terms of development pathways. So I left Penrith. Like Fish made his debut. Billy made his debut. Moses made his debut. Uh, Wanga Blake making his debut. Like all these juniors, Yoey, yeah, all these Liam, they're all making their debuts at Penrith. So I got to Tigers, and they, bro, they weren't much juniors at all. Like wow, Alex Safar, yep, and Tommy McKayley. That's the only yep. two that came through. He's everyone so else. Sort of went to other clubs before they got to the yeah. like New South Wales Cup sort of side. Well, yeah, well, there wasn't much. You know, juniors that were ready to play. Oh wow! If Penrith, it was it was a different story, bro. All the yeah, because look at what's happened because of that exactly with Penrith, but at the Tigers, <laughs> it sounds like chalk and cheese sort of thing. Yeah, bro. That's what I noticed too straight away. Um, but no, I enjoyed my time at Tigers. I worked hard. I um, I uh, gave it my best crack. When I looked yeah. back on it, and I gave it my best crack, bro. And it's if you well, can that's all that after. You- that's exactly it. Yeah. As long as as long as you tried your best, you know, gave everything you had, then win win loss or draw, you can't be disappointed with your personal and individual, you know, achievements, etc. At the end of the day, sort of thing, because you've done everything you can. Yeah, definitely. That's that's all I can say. And I can rest easy knowing that. I, I look back to, if I if I dogged it a bit, I'd say, oh man, why, why didn't you didn't the, why didn't you have a better crack? It might have been different. Yeah, but bro, I gave it I gave it my best crack there, bro. Oh, absolutely. And then obviously, once your time at the Tigers ended, you jetted off over to the other side of the world, not just a ditch, but the other side of the globe, over to the UK for Salford, a stint at Salford, some time at Featherstone, and now landing up in Oldford, Oldham at the moment. Uh, what's it been like over there? And again, same sort of questions. What was um, Salford like and Featherstone, like the facilities, the club, the fans, etc.? cetera? Uh, so Salford was coming to Super League was a big eye opener. There's no RLPA. There's not an There's RLPA over there. So players get shafted. <laughs> I'd see, I see. So I, I I knew they got shafted. I just didn't know that there was an actual. There wasn't an RLPA or equivalent over there. No, nothing. The players get nothing here. Um, schedule's crazy. We're playing thirty games. There's no minimum wage. No, There's no minimum wage. Other, That's insane. I had I had a teammate. He was getting ten thousand pound a year. Like full time. How's, how's that? How's he living and surviving? Jeez. I, I, I... Yeah, crazy. Wow. But there's a bit of an eye opener compared to mm. competitions. Uh, NRL is just so far ahead of, of so many different avenues. So many well, different things. Well, speaking of that, there was a bit of news um, like the other day where there was rumors that the NRL is considering putting a bid in to buy out the Super League sort of thing. What would you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, me yeah. and Shane, right? Shane, we talked about this two years ago. Because yep. we were saying, bro, this is not right, man. Like players, talented players, there's no retirement account, there's no injury hardship account. 
there's no education allowance there's there's nothing bro it's bad yeah. it's so bad and and yet what's crazy yeah. is rugby league was invented in england in huddersfield yeah. and yet they're behind as you're saying it's a, it's a long way down man so it's a, it's a lot to, yeah it's, it's disappointing but good lads good players over here man some mm. really good players some absolute talent talent bro a lot of people players with talent here and honestly, you've got to love the sport now. Now, obviously, now, now hearing that from you, knowing that you know there's no this, that, the other, no RLPA sort of thing, you've got to love the sport. Otherwise, you wouldn't commit to playing a profession at a professional top tier level and not have the potential of injury insurance, not have the have not you know could be on ten grand for the whole year sort of thing. You've got to love the sport, which kind of makes sense as to why, example, the, the recent World Club Challenge. Granted, there was a little bit of controversy, but. You know, it meant so much more to the Brits than it did to, you know, Australia oh. sort of thing. Oh, bro, absolutely. Like, those games sell out. Like, whenever an NRL team comes here, it's like the talk of the town. It's the talk yeah. of the game. Like, say if the Broncos came over here, played Leeds for a trial, that will be a sellout. You know what's crazy? Um, I follow the Broncos, and my Super League team I follow is Leeds. So that would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a sellout, bro. But that, that's how much people... There were more games of NRL over here than Super League games on TV. It's like, oh wow, that's that's a bit head. That, if anything, you know what? That perfectly sums up exactly what you've been saying about the Super League in general over the last few minutes. Yeah, it's it's bro. I could go on for ages, but <laughs> it's uh, it's just disappointing to see how the players have been treated for so long over here, uh, and it's. Yeah, there's just so much things I would change if I had the opportunity to change the game. Because can, I feel sorry for some of the English lads here because they've just been shafted their whole career. Yeah, yeah in, in place of an NRL player that's been a marquee signing sort of thing sometimes. Yeah, and, and, and like, you know, just with COVID, bro, they all took a massive pay cut, got no money back from the game. Where NRL, they paid us back from the game. Yeah, the RLP, like the RLPA fought for that sort of thing. Yeah things like that bro and there's just no player's voice at the at the negotiating tables it's really disappointing but hopefully the nrl can buy it will be a good option well because if they do that then they'll definitely put in in place those sort of systems which are as you say and i definitely agree desperately needed um i've got some quick fire fun questions so i get to know you for the for the listeners and whatnot and then we'll we'll touch on footy hacks and then your your goals for the rest of the year if that's right by you Sweet. So the quick fire questions. First one is Apple or Android? Apple. Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Man of Honor. Man of Honor. Good movie. Um, how do you like your steak? Medium rare. Absolutely. And I won't say thongs because you're Kiwi. I'll say jandals or crocs. Jandals. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, so that's a quick fire. Uh, before we get stuck into talking about Footy Hacks, which is a great um, initiative from what you've started on Instagram, anyone who's listening right now, pause the episode and go and follow Footy underscore Hacks on Instagram. Um, before we delve into that, my first question is, uh, as in about your team in particular, who was the biggest pest out of all the clubs that you played at in Australia? Uh, James Aguero. James okay. I've heard that from a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, 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 Chico. All a good banter. All oh, good oh, oh, absolutely. It's it's not a bad pest. It's just a yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll I'd rather ask it and find out first. But um, 
obviously coaches play an absolutely pivotal role in a player's development as a youngster to even, you know, the man they are that they end up as. And my, my next question is, which coach or coaches ever had those sort of biggest impacts on the player you are and the person you are today? Uh, yep. Ivan by far. Yep. Ivan by far. Um, Tony Iroh is in there as well. Yep. Uh, Sponge, shout out to Sponge. But Ivan, definitely, bro. Everything. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. Um, I, as I said, I figured that would be the answer, but I wanted to ask it rather than assume. And, okay, footy hacks time. First of all, um, to anyone who doesn't know, again, Pause this episode, go and check out Footy Hacks on Instagram, then then come back over here and finish up and listen to what Elijah has to say about it. My first question about Footy Hacks is, what was the inspiration behind starting up Footy Hacks? Bro, I was just watching a Gary Vee video, to be honest. Yeah. The um, we Me and Copy, so we used to drive to Featherstone. It was about an hour every training session. Yep. And we were just talking. Our rugby league bro we're just talking about all the times you've been shafted we're talking about all the times you've been injured yep and then we're just thinking bro we're just like why don't we just talk about that mm. because there's no other people that talk about that and what a player goes through in that and so yep. that's where it started um so most of them are in my car i was gonna so say i kind of noticed it, it was your head leaning on the window sort of thing isn't it yeah so it was it's usually when i'm waiting to train because yep. we have to wait for a 3g because the field's are frozen or frills are solid over. Yep. And then, bro, I, I just flipped the camera around one day and just started talking. Um, so I hope, yeah, it struck a nerve. Um, uh, I yeah. think it's, in, it's a different niche. It no really is. is. Um, it's so a, every, everyone talks about, you know, um, sorry to interrupt. It's like everyone talks about certain things about, you know, aspects of footy life, but they don't go into it as even though your videos are only, you know, 45 seconds, minute and a half, maybe two minutes max, but you cover so much in such a short amount of time for each reel. It's, it's incredible. You know, you cover so much because, you know, there's so much that goes on in behind the scenes and even obviously I'm not aware of, and, you know, fans and listeners and even maybe even other players aren't aware of that you hit that information within two minutes max. And it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Hopefully like, I just want to get a good message out of each reel, um, something educational, so something that someone can take away, a bit of a call to action mm. that makes people do something. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like life hacks, but with footy, you could say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot through sport. There's a lot you can learn about life through sport. Yeah, absolutely. Working hard. Um, yeah, always, always being diligent, respectful. So hopefully everyone no matter you don't even have to play rugby league you know you could listen to one and be like oh yeah that, that happens at my workplace yeah i know yeah. that guy you can implement yeah. that in your everyday life <laughs> everyone has a mate like that exactly um yeah, so, yeah, so... Yeah. it's adaptable to any workspace um but the workspace is that i come from was is rugby league yeah absolutely and um my my three favorite reels or you could say hacks that you've posted so far um, I'll, I will put up right now into the video when the episode goes out. So that way you, everyone that's watching this can see those three footy hacks. And if you like what you see, go and give him a, go and give Elijah a follow on footy underscore hacks. My favorite three ones would definitely be the one where it's the bloke that talks the most, you know, the most smack in the, in, you know, in, in the sheds before the two minute bell. And then, you know, you got to be prepared to back it up. Absolutely paramount. Um, 
definitely agree with that one. The other one was we were talking about this before we actually started recording was coaches that have a two tier punishment system. They'll get found out by the players and the players will get so off it, which is like tenfold. I can agree with that. That out of one moment, my microphone buggered up. I'll just fix that up. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Um, and the second video is the one about the coaches with a two-tier punishment system. Example, you know, the favorite player, the superstar, gets preferential treatment when they should be held accountable for doing something really wrong on the field or on the training pitch. Um, and I think that can, as you were saying, it, these sort of videos can even be relatable to work because that if, if that isn't, um, you know, relatable when it comes to managers having favorite uh, workers, you know, and punishing them differently or, you know, holding them accountable in a different way. I don't know what is my third. Um, I wouldn't say it's my third favorite, it's just my third pick out of all of them would definitely be the one. And it's, it's, it's a recent one as well is if you're signing for a club, you know, sort of thing, don't tell anyone it's not their business. This, that, the other, cause eventually someone will know. And again, that's so transferable into work, you know, say you're not liking your job sort of thing and you get another job and you plan to leave my job then it go and but don't tell anyone because you know the, everyone's going to find out eventually when you put your two weeks notice in yeah, for a better term sort of thing so yeah. as you said they're all transferable and interrelated for, for life and sport and all that sort of stuff so which is kind of paramount and kind of great when it comes to the podcast because the podcast is called life in sport so that's kind of ripper um and how are you handling the reception so far from you know the, the feedback and whatnot of footy hacks um it's, it's it's a bit time consuming to be fair. Um, yep. You know, replying back to all the comments, um, giving good feedback, replying back to people, making new content. Um, it's quite strenuous, but um, I need to find a workflow. That's what I'm trying to find so I can do it like methodically, like all yep. things in life. Um, so I'm just trying to nut out the workflow at the minute. So I'm being efficient with my time. Um, that's probably the hard bit at the moment, but the reception has been good, which is good. Um, as I said before, it's educational, so you can call to action. You can you can use it like simple things, um, and everybody can implement it in their life. So it's good. Oh, absolutely! And my final question for you for the episode is: What's your life goals and what's your footy goals for twenty twenty four? Pardon me. It would be um, well, at the age of my career. I know it's not a goal, but when you get older, injuries you pick up so much more really quick. Um, it would be obviously get to championship with Oldham. So we're in third division. So we're trying to get up to Super League. So we're two divisions away. Yep. I'm very confident that we can get up to second division to championship. Yep. And um, I was trying to get to 20K followers on uh, Instagram on Footy Hacks. So I'm yep. um, just trying to work the algorithm and nut it out and see how I can crack it and then just keep posting. And yeah, hopefully I can affect people's lives, bro. I can change some young fella's life out there, give them some advice, give them some tips, bro. Um, yeah, so hopefully um, it can help someone. That's awesome. I, I am looking away, but I'm actually looking at footy hacks so I can find, so I can let you know. Okay. You're currently 1,555 followers, which is incredible. Um, you know, the content that you're putting out and whatnot, and I reckon you'll smash out 20K followers by at least, if not by the end of the season that's kicked off. Even by half, if you keep going the way you're going, it's incredible and absolutely paramount to your hard work and your, your for lack of a better term. Um, and as you were saying, I want to get to the league. Rick and Oldham could definitely at least get promoted to the championship and do a. a 
Just making sure my microphone's still on. Yep, sweet microphone's still yeah. on. Yeah. Cool. So cool. My headphones were buggering up for some reason. Um, cool. But yeah, um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And I would end of the season for like a 2024 season. You know, holds up at the end of the year and we can talk about footy hacks and where you are now with footy hacks to where it will be at if you're interested. Yeah, sweet as bro. Uh, anytime. Thank you for the opportunity to come on to your show. Really appreciate it.